This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. All right, you're back in the sports bar. It's Danger and Battaglia. Glad you're with us. Mike Danger welcoming in Thor Nystrom, Fantasy Pros, BettingPros.com. And Thor, lucky that we have you when we have you because we just got a bit of breaking news that certainly is going to be impactful when we look ahead to Thursday night. How are you, buddy? And what are your initial thoughts on the trade between the Jets and the Packers? Uh, I'm, I'm actually just looking at the details now. Uh, I got them for you here. So the Jets are getting Rodgers, and the Jets will be picking out 15. Uh, they'll also get a 2023 fifth-round pick, pick 170. The, the Packers get a little bit of the haul here. They'll be moving up to pick 13 in the first round. They'll also get a second-round pick. That's pick 42, which I believe was the first of two uh, but that the that the Jets were on the board for. They'll get a sixth-round pick. That's number 207, a conditional 24, 2024 second-round pick. That becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps this upcoming season. Man, that's that's incredible. Uh, g- good for the Packers. I, I don't know what the Jets are doing there. Uh, that that's a lot to pay for a guy uh, a year after he was good, right? Like, I mean, last year he w- he was not an effective quarterback. He ain't getting any younger. I I wouldn't have given up that amount of draft equity. I, I thought a day two pick uh, would have been good and, and call it a day. But Packers held their ground. Looks like they, they they're gonna yank some draft equity out of this. So good for them. And they'll actually get what they wanted out of this deal, which is a first round pick. It's likely. I mean, Rodgers, barring an injury, is probably gonna play sixty five percent of the snaps or greater for the Jets this upcoming season. So the Packers get what they want, which kind of makes it square. But the Jets do give up something for a guy who you know confessed to to the nation that he was ninety percent retired going into his darkness retreat. With all of that, Thor, it is your busy time of year and and. We're very fortunate to have you with us here in the sports bar as we look ahead to Thursday night in round one of the NFL draft. How has this pre-draft season been for you so far, buddy? Oh, it's been great. Yeah, it's uh, you know always fun to dig into the guys. This class is really interesting just because even a couple of days before the draft, not only do we not know who the second pick is, we don't know what team is going to be taking picking second. And you could say the same thing about the third pick. And so when people talk about, like, the chaos of, of this year's draft, the unpredictable nature of it, that's where it starts. And then after that, you know, who knows? You just sort of throw up your hand. So t- tough year to mock, but uh, uh, this is going to be a very enjoyable weekend coming up here. So you mentioned the, the, the Texans at pick two, not knowing who exactly they're going to go with there. I mean, do you buy any of what's being sold that the Texans won't take a quarterback with the number two overall pick? Um, yeah, like that, that they're considering that for sure. Um, I, I don't think they're going to take CJ Stroud unless it's the greatest smoke screen of all time. And 
the Texans don't have a clever enough organization to pull something off like that. So if, if they're stuck in that slot, I think it's going to be one of the wills. Either Will Anderson, who at least you could talk me into that one. I, certainly I would take C.J. Stroud there if I was them, but um, Will Anderson would not be a bad consolation prize. Will Levis would be an egregious reach, taking him over, I mean, both C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. So, But, like, it, it sounds like the, the Texans like him. Also sounds like they're fielding phone calls for that pick, um, that they want to move down the board just a little bit because I think they know some of these guys that they like could be available a uh, few slots after them, but they just might be dumb and stay there, uh, it, you know, get stuck there, and then and then reach on the guy. Yeah, so, Thor, you just called Will Levis a two and egregious reach, and I wouldn't disagree with you there. But how much of a reach would it be to see Richardson uh, creep into the top three? Is that even in play? Because it feels like out of all of the guys, you know, and I think there's a, a good handful, four or five guys that could potentially go in the first round. Correct me if you think differently. Doesn't Richardson hold the most upside out of all of them? He sure does. Yeah. I mean, I would use the top three pick on him. He's number three on my big board. So, I mean, like, I mean, certainly at two, I would, I would take Stroud over him, but there, there's no other guy on that train track that I, you know, you go past that, that, that I would take over him. So yeah, like, I, I do think he's worthy of a top three selection. I haven't heard a lot of smoke with, with Houston and him. Um, obviously Arizona not going to take a quarterback, but a team moving up could. I, I've heard that the Raiders really, really like Anthony Richardson there's some teams lower on down the board, too, that could be aggressive in a trade-up. There's been some smoke about the Vikings, uh, uh, my local team here. They, they've done more work on the quarterback class than they have done in years and years and years. And it sounds like Quasi has been talking to some GMs, trying to get some get an idea, at least, of what the parameters of a hypothetical trade would be once you know that team's up on the uh, you know on the clock, depending on which player is available there. Thor Nystrom, Fantasy Pros, BettingPros.com, joining us here in the sports bar as we prepare for the NFL Draft, which gets underway Thursday uh, Thursday evening. And, and we get the breaking news here just a few moments ago that the Jets and Packers have finalized a deal to send Aaron Rodgers to New York. So the Packers now, Thor, get pick number 13. And, and a lot of Bills fans are hoping that the Buffalo Bills end up taking a wide receiver in the first round. And the name that everybody, you know, we just wish could fall to the Buffalo Bills would be Jackson Smith and Jigma. What about the Packers now that they're sitting there at number 13? Would that be the most, uh, the most, um, the, the best parting gift ever to the guy that's always been as passive aggressive as Aaron Rodgers to, to have Rodgers right off to the sunset to New York and and have Jackson Smith and Jigba come and be the the top weapon next season for Jordan Love? Well, it it would be sort of a middle finger uh, and Mr. Rogers out the door for sure. Yeah, I mean, because every single year we mock receivers to the Packers in the first round, and for the last decade, every time you've done it, you've been wrong. But it would be hilarious if, yeah, like right, you know, two, three days after they sent him out the door, if the Packers then then took a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think it'd be a good fit, right? Like, I mean, they they finally have a receiver again that that scares defenses and Christian Watson, but outside of that, not a ton. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he eats with with the space that's given to him in the intermediate range, so you'd love him playing next to a pop the top guy like Watson, where the defense has to play the safety back on. I I think that would be a good fit, but this is the same administration that's made. You know, a lot of those decisions not to take the, the, the receivers, you know, when we thought for sure they were going to. So it, it's hard to say for them. They need a pass-catching tight end as well. 
So that, that that might be something they look at as well. But, yeah, you would think they'd have to fortify that. But, again, we're, we, we've been thinking that for years. Thor, what name should we be listening for on Thursday night as potentially the biggest dropper in round one? Stroud. I mean, you know, Stroud, you know, first, you know, what was it, two weeks ago or, or even 10 days ago, he was like minus 350 to be the, the first pick. And then now it doesn't look like he's going to go in the top three, barring some sort of team getting aggressive and trading up. Um, and then you start to wonder if he falls through there, how far does it go? Because the, the Colts would be a logical destination for sure. But all process, I've heard that, that at least their owner, Earthfate, loves Levis. There's probably a couple other guys in that building that like Levis too. Levis is very polarizing. There are those, you know, like myself, like I think I have ranked like 15th or 16th on my big board, something like that. Um, see him as a, more of a mid first round uh, dice roll, shoot the moon kind of a thing. But there's other guys that just that love him, you know, that think he's he's already proven it. And the only reason that he struggled last year was because all the talent had left Kentucky, and then he got nicked up a little bit. But uh, either way, I mean, he's coming off of a of, of a down season, so it would take some some conviction. But the Colts, if say the Texans don't take Levis, and then they have the, the option of those two guys, there it, it is plausible that the Colts could take Levis. That's where the the Stroud watch begins, right? Because I don't think he's going fifth to Seattle. Detroit is a team that that could think about trading down there. Um, so 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 that's something to look at. And do any teams lower on down the first round that we haven't you know haven't been associated with some of these top guys just because of where they're picking? Is one of them going to get super aggressive and moving up? But I I would definitely say him. The other one that that we t- lower in the first round, but um, there's a shot that Quentin Johnson falls out of the first round. Quentin Johnson was a kid that the TCU receiver, he wanted to go to the draft, talked openly about it, talked about how it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He picked out his suit for it already. He picked out his cologne for it already. Then the NFL did not invite him to the draft. So that by definition, that yeah. that implies that there's a shot he's going to fall out of the first round. We know that B. John Robinson of Texas is going to be in, in Kansas City for round one. And, and uh, there have been some mocks that have him falling down as far as pick 27 with the Buffalo Bills. There are a lot of camps that believe taking a running back in the in the first round is a fool's errand. Uh, but this is a, a, a pretty good talent that we have a feeling will have an impact for his team day one. Uh, do you have B. John Robinson going in the top 15? Where, where do you see Robinson landing when it's all said and done Thursday night? Well, I think his his band of outcomes, it's from the Falcons pick at, was that eight? Yeah. It, it's it's from there to the Dallas pick. If, if he gets to the Cowboys, that's going to be the quickest card turn in that we've ever seen. Um, but like, I mean, he could go anywhere before then, right? Like, And, and like I said, it, it starts with the Falcons. I, I would be surprised if a team above them takes uh, Bijan. I don't think that's going to happen, but it, it could be eight. Some people have mentioned the Eagles at 10. There is a little bit of smoke around that, but I'd be stunned just because of the way they run their team uh, with a top 10 pick for them on on a running back. But, yeah, I mean, there's several teams in that little alley there that, you know, could theoretically uh, be interested in Bijan. But he's a really tough one to peg just because of the the position devaluation and him being such a good, like, singular uh, talent at that position. It's really hard to pick out where he's going to go in that alley, but he's definitely going within that band. 
Thor Nystrom of FantasyPros.com, our guest here in the sports bar. Check out all of Thor's mocks at FantasyPros.com. Uh, tight end is, is a position that Bills fans have also kind of said, yeah, we could see the Bills. We know that they, we've heard that this is a position uh, that is deep this year heading into the draft. Thor, I wanted to get your take on tight end, and if one of these guys, whether it be Kincaid or, or Mayer, falls to 27, should the Bills be in play there for a tight end uh, in the first round? Well, I think the great thing is, is you know, as far as the bills go, danger. I remember when we started talking and doing these spots, like you know, <laughs> five six years ago or whatever. And and you know, the problem then was the, the bills had so many holes they could almost go in any direction. Now it's the opposite thing. There is so few roster holes on that roster, so it, you know it sort of opens up the, the the options on the other end of it of like, well, we're not there's not a gun to our head to take this one specific position, so we could go all these different ways. That's one of the things that makes the Bills one of the harder teams to mock for in the first round is is just, you know, the entire tapestry is open for them. So, I mean, yeah, that's a possibility. If it's me, though, I would wait on that until day two because of the depth of it. This tight end class, there's, there's you know, on, on my board, there's six, seven guys that, that I like as at least top, top half of the third round uh, tight ends. Um, but, like, in, you know, you, you talk about the, the late second round, um, Darnell Washington, is there any shot he could fall down? People wouldn't have thought that before. I, I do think he's going to fall into the like mid-second maybe, um, and maybe even the later second, because his receiving profile is not very good at college. Um, he's obviously a freak blocker, you know, and in, in sort of in a freak athletic package whatnot, but he just didn't show much as a receiver at Georgia. He only had two catches where the ball traveled more than 20 yards downfield at Georgia, and, and even with a low A dot, his drop rate was over 10%. And he doesn't break a ton of tackles, but you have the, the athletic profile there. You can make the argument on the other side. He was playing with the best tight end in the nation, Brock Bowers, a guy who's going to be the first tight end taken next year, probably going to go even higher than these guys that we're talking about. And, and so, like, some people make the argument for his usage, but he just hasn't really shown it yet. But that opens up the possibility he could fall down a little bit. He's like having a sixth offensive tackle. That's what he's really good at. The other stuff is – you have to see and just see if you can develop him as far as the receiving game goes, but dominant inline blocker. Thor, uh, I've planted my flag and and I've dubbed Thursday Jack Campbell Day, not round one of the NFL draft yeah. because I think the, the Bills uh, will never say that they're drafting for need, but they do have a need. They need to replace Tremaine Edmonds because that guy isn't on this roster right now. So tell me why you like Campbell to the Bills at 27. Yeah, to, to me, there you know, like other you know, you look around boards around the industry. There's you know four different guys that people will list as as LB one. I I had problems at other positions, you know, deciding between who was going to be the top guy on my board. Not a, not a, not a linebacker. Uh, Jack Campbell to me is the clear LB one, and he you know the last two seasons on the field was clearly the best linebacker in this class. And then the only thing you were wondering about was, was the athleticism. He goes to the combine. He's the tallest linebacker and the heaviest linebacker there. And he posts a 9.98 RAS, which means that his athletic composite was like, it was like the third or the fourth best athletic composite that has ever been submitted, size adjusted for a linebacker entering the NFL since, you know, 1985 or whenever the, the RAS system has it back to, uh, towards. The, the athleticism is there. He's very, very clever, enormous tackling radius, doesn't miss tackles when he's on the doorstep. And with the coverage thing, some of the people, I, I think they question his, his athleticism because Iowa plays zone. They don't play any man, so you don't, you don't see Jack Campbell running with guys downfield. But he is so clever in coverage. Uh, best zone cover cor- or, uh, linebacker in this class by margin. 
He picked off C.J. Stroud last year, just picked his pocket by reading his eyes. You see that stuff? He affects passing lanes because he's so big and rangy, stuff like that. I, we don't know about the man coverage thing just because he's never been in it, but he is a fabulous zone cover guy. So much so that Iowa didn't even blitz him a ton because he was so valuable in coverage there. The, the run game stuff speaks for itself. And again, he's proven the concept of the athleticism in this enormous package. I compare him to Leighton Vander Esch. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Like when you line up all their tests and, and all their dimensions, it's the exact same thing. It's just Jack Campbell doesn't have the injury concerns coming in that Van Der Esch did. So, Thor, if Gino was here, I know he would ask you about the Bills and their ability to potentially trade down. Of course, every team would love to trade down and acquire more picks and, and still be able to get your guy at a later moment. And there are some teams that if if there is a fifth quarterback or a fourth quarterback even available there that might go up to get that guy, do you see a scenario where the Bills are able to trade down, stay in the first round? Like, could you see New Orleans potentially moving up to 27 or another team you know that's early in the second round moving up to try and get maybe a hooker at, at pick 27 yeah that's for sure a possibility yeah i mean if, if hooker like you know i mean like the way I, I don't like hooker like i have him as a third round player but like the nfl is very clearly higher on him and yeah like if a team missed out on one of those top four guys i could absolutely see that and then you know i talked about the chaos theory of this draft and in chaos unexpected things happen by definition that's the definition of chaos i like it could facilitate the dropping down the board of some guys at other positions that we don't even know yet we couldn't even conceive of yet just because you know depending on the way that the top end of that board plays out and then teams reaching for needs stuff like that and, and and if you have one of those guys that falls down the board you could also get intense interest from a team trying to move up from you know whether it's late first round whether it's the top of the second whatnot and, and, you know, you do that, maybe you can pick up the linebacker that you want anyway and get some extra draft equity. So I think that'd be really smart. Thor, let everybody know about the work you're doing here leading up to Thursday and what you'll be doing on Thursday at fantasypros.com. Looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing everything that goes on in the first round and throughout the course of the weekend. Yeah, I, I dropped my 500-player big board today, the Thor 500 with the 500-player comps on it. Uh, it's the fourth annual edition of that. So it's my labor of love, my, yeah. my gift to the draft community. That's out on Fantasy Pros now. Cut that out. Unbelievable. Thor, it's always great catching up with you, man. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again here through the uh, course of the offseason. We can review what happens here over the course of the weekend here at the NFL Draft. Best. Anytime, Danger. I always love talking to you. You got it. There he is, Thor Nystrom. Fantasypros.com. You heard him. His big board, 500, 500 comps <laughs> to go with every prospect. Great stuff from Thor Nystrom. We'll get that avail- available for you on demand shortly wherever you get your podcasts, including the free to download Odyssey app. All right, it's a sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. Uh, Gino called away, and it, it a bittersweet day for Gino, dealing with uh, some family uh, issues off the air. We'll, we'll make sure we check in with Gino again here uh, tomorrow afternoon starting at 3 o'clock for a brand new episode of the Sports Bar. And if you're just joining us, the big breaking news is the deal that sends Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Yes, it is finalized. Aaron Rodgers, pick 15 and a 2023 fifth round pick, go to the New York Jets in exchange for the 13th overall pick in this year's draft, a second round pick, pick number 42 to the Packers, also a sixth round pick to the Packers, and a conditional 2024 second round pick that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. So your best case scenario, Jets fans, is you have Aaron Rodgers playing over 65% of the plays 
and you give up a first-round pick next year to the Green Bay Packers. That is the Aaron Rodgers deal. He is now a New York Jet. We take a break here, come back with more next year in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. <laughs> 